Glory to Jesus. Lord, you are worthy of glory. Honor and praise to you, Lamb of God. We celebrate you this morning, the beauty of your majesty. We join the host of heaven to proclaim who you are. Let our praises rise up to you this morning as a sweet-smelling savour. Let our worship, O oh God, rise up to you this morning, O oh God, as an offering from a heart sanctified, set aside to glorify you. Honor and praise to you. Glory, praise, majesty, adoration be ascribed unto you, Lamb of God. Our Lord and King, our Father, our Savior, I worship you this morning. I extol your name. I exalt your name. I proclaim that there is no God beside you. There is no God like you. You are the creator of heaven and the earth. You are the creator of the heavens. And all that man is yet to comprehend are all in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your glory. That is an expression today. Your glory that is in manifestation. Yes. Your splendor, your beauty. You're worthy, O oh God. Thank you. Blessed be the one who was, who is, and who is to come again. Blessed be the one who rules and reigns in power, whose love never fails, whose mercy are new every morning. Your compassion, O oh God, is always see. You are our loving Father. Yet you are the you are the God who rules over all powers, over all dominions, over all over all authority. This morning, Lord, I join the nations, the body of Christ, the host of heaven to proclaim that you are holy, that you are worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, Take your place this morning. Have your way. Take your place, rule and reign upon every heart, upon every soul, upon every mind that will be connected, oh God, to this platform. Rule and reign, oh God. Take your place. Oh, hallelujah. Present myself unto you as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable for it is my reasonable service it is my service to worship you it is my call it is my devotion 
to bow before you, to proclaim that you rule, that you reign in majesty. Thank you, Father. If you're joining us this morning, I want to once again welcome you to the Porter's Gate online broadcast. I want to welcome you to another special occasion where we will press further into the mind of the Father. It is our desire to continually uncover His eternal intentions for our life. It is our desire to continually press into the depth of the Spirit in search in locating, in allocating, yes, the things that have been given to us as instruments of his divine representation. I want to welcome you this morning. This is another beautiful, wonderful, glorious day, the 14th day of the month of November 2021. This is the day of the Lord. It's a day of his power. It's a day of his glory. It's a day of his majesty. It's a day of his rulership is a day of his kingship is a day of his dominion indeed the knowledge of his glory is covering the earth as the water covers the sea as he has promised that the knowledge of his glory will cover the earth as the water covers the sea we are seeing that happening <clears throat> even in the midst of great resistance this is a day where indeed we are seeing the increase of darkness darkness in form of the knowledge of man, darkness in form of the ideologies of man, darkness in form of, yes, the spirit of wickedness, darkness in form of the resistance to truth, darkness in form of man exhibiting his own standard above the will of God, above the standard of God. We are seeing the increase of darkness. The Bible says darkness will cover the earth. We're seeing it. And that darkness is gaining momentum day by day. Man has continued to define his own ways, has continued to proclaim and declare that he is the God of his own life. But in the midst of this, we will continue to raise the bar and the standard of truth. We will continue to proclaim the goodness of God, the righteousness of God, and of course the standard of his kingdom. Everyone must be given the opportunity to hear Everyone must be given the opportunity to know. Everyone must have that opportunity to, to be able to decide what is right from what is wrong by making available the truth to them. So on that day, no one will be able to say, well, I did not know. Nobody told me. The life of Noah is still a standard. The declaration of Elijah on Mount Carmel is still speaking to us. As Jesus walked upon the shores of the nation of Israel, his footprint is still being revealed today. Men and women have transversed the earth, proclaiming and declaring the things of God and revealing, yes, true the power of signs and wonder, the things the Lord, amen, will have them revealed so that creation can respond. It's no different in our day, in our time, friends, that we will also must continue to proclaim and declare. We shall yet prophesy again and we will prophesy again until time reaches its climax. No one in our generation will be able to say that they never 
amen, have the opportunity to accept, to know. We are giving them the opportunity. It's not for us to force the truth on them. It's for us to make the truth available in the best way, in the best format that they can, yes, accept or even connect to. So we will continue to spread, hallelujah, the seed of truth. Even in places where people have developed all kinds of values and standards and system to reject and refuse it. The scripture says the knowledge of the glory of God, the knowledge of the glory of God is carried via the truth. So this is why we're doing what we're doing. And so please help us to continue to spread this word. Wherever you are, help us to continue to spread this truth. This is truth, nothing but the truth. Because we know anything we present to a nation, a people, a society that is already impoverished, that is already in darkness, anything lesser than the truth will not do. Anything we say, we proclaim, we declare in this season has to be the pure truth. Because it's truth that a man walks within the heart of man. It is a truth that gives a people the opportunity, yes, to accept what God has ordained for them. Anything outside that will not do. And so we are bound to the proclamation, the declaration of the undiluted word of God. So please make it a point of duty if you're joining us, if you're connecting with us, to share our link because we never know who will be touched. We never know who God is going to, amen, yes, use this word to whisper to. We never know who will be awakened. We never know who will be free, who will be delivered, yes, from systemic bondage. The word of God is power. The word of God carries the authority to break every chain. The word of God has the authority to deliver people from bondage, whatever form of bondage, generational bondage, bondage of false truth, false knowledge, false belief, false philosophy. The word of God can change their life because the word of God is beyond just what we say. The word of God is spirit and is life. So we will continue to proclaim and declare this word. We will spread it. The Bible says, yes, how beautiful at the feet of them that brings the good tidings, that spread the word of righteousness. Yes, we are that generation. We've bound ourselves to the spreading, to the expression, to the furtherance of the ministry of God's word. Because the ministry of God's word, amen, houses the ability to set nations free. The ministry of God's word has the authority to deliver, yes, the people. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, yes. Whatever God is going to do in our day, in our time, has to be done through, amen, the preaching of the gospel. And that preaching is beyond just standing behind the pulpit and declaring Jesus is Lord. That is good, but it's not good enough. We have to take the gospel, amen. We have to carry the gospel into the nations and allow, amen, what God needs to do through, amen, that expression to be carried out within society. It's important that we awake to this knowledge. It's important that we 
are quickened, amen, to the importance, to the urgency. The, 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 the further we preach and the urgency, amen, we, we involve, amen, ourselves in, in preaching this, the, the, the gospel, the further we know, amen, that lives will be touched. And of course, the more we know that people will have the opportunity to hear. God has made it, amen, you know, uh, uh, it's made it possible for us to be able to preach, even in places that all kinds of walls have been built, both physical, spiritual, and psychological, to stop people from accessing the word of God. But God has continued, amen, to create platforms for us. And it's important that we know this and we make, uh, amen, the best use of the platforms that God has given to us, particularly within, amen, the social media. We've got to open our eyes, amen, and see what's going on. Let's understand that we're not going to have this opportunity forever. So while this window of opportunity is open, let's make the best use, best use of it. Let's do whatever we can. Let's invest, amen, in the advancement of the gospel of the kingdom. And this is what we've been looking at for the past few days now as we continue to deal with, amen, missions to the church, missions to the synagogue, missions to, amen, those who were once called, who were once, you know, graced and empowered to represent the things of God, but have missed it. I've gone their own way. I've shifted from the path. We saw, amen, Paul and Barnabas, amen, going to the synagogue. All right. So this is part of what the Lord, amen, is calling us into. And the, the, the understanding, the, the prophetic grace, the apostolic mandate, amen, to be able to access synagogue, amen, to be able to access, when we talk about synagogue, we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, you know, church system. We're talking about organized church system. Because many of us have got families, friends, like we said, you know, two days ago and yesterday, amen. We've got loved ones, amen, in the synagogues, in these places, that people have been shut into, amen, religious spirits, have been shut into some idea of men that they call, you know, uh, 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 the gospel or they call, amen, uh, the, the things of God. We have to bring the word of God. We have to carry, amen, the pureness of truth into this region su such that, amen, when people hear the word of God, amen, they have the opportunity to do what? To respond because the truth is there are those, amen, who have only heard one path. In, in the book of Acts, as we continue in chapter 9, you, you, chapter 19, you get to, we get to a point where you, you know, Paul encounters certain brethren who've only, amen, heard the gospel of John. They've only, they've only been baptized unto John. They've not received the full counsel of the, of the word of God. The same in Acts 18, when Aquila and Priscilla met uh, 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 the guy from Alexandria. And we have to begin to, amen, look at this, amen, as, as a call, amen. As you know, as a mandate for us to reach those who have been churched but who have not been transformed through the power and the ministry of the truth. I mean, this is Sunday. Today is Sunday. A lot of people are going to be, are going to be going to the synagogues because some of them are searching. All right, like the Ethiopian Enoch, Amen. He journeyed all the way from Ethiopia, Amen, to you know, to 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 Jerusalem in search of God, to worship God, all right? But he left the place even more blind. The scripture said he was reading the book of Isaiah, but he had no understanding of what he was reading. And there are many like that 
who do not have understanding, who have not been baptized into the spirit of Christ, who have been baptized into some tradition, into some religion, all right? who have been baptized into all kinds of things, but they have not been baptized into the very life of Christ. They've not been baptized, amen, into the gospel of, of the kingdom of God, all right? They've been given religion. They've been, they've been, they've been told to buy, amen, a tradition that sound like, that look like, amen, the things of God, but it's completely, amen, uh, 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 disconnected from the ways of God. There are a lot of people today who will be going to church, but their life has not really been, you know, engaged in terms of a change, in terms of transformation, in terms of reform, in terms of, amen, uh, uh, getting to know, getting to understand, getting to connect with, amen, the, 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 the things that God has ordained for them in terms of their purpose. So basically, they are just going through a, a, a motion, a religious, you know, ceremony. And, and, they, and they bask in that religion. They, they, they love it because that's what they thought. That's what, you know, they've been told that if you can just do this, if you can be committed to this, all right, if you can, you know, uh, uh, you know, just continue to pay your way into the heart of God, just continue to pay your way into the church. In fact, there are people who have bought all kinds of seats, all kinds of, you know, place and, and position in the church, but are disconnected from the ways of God. And this must, amen, bother us, amen, as a generation, as a people that God has called out. I was thinking about that this morning, that the people that God used, amen, to reach the synagogue were once, amen, in the same place. But they were called out, amen, yes. We've, we've, we've read and we've studied about how Paul got converted. He was once a committed, amen, uh, uh, Jew. He was once a committed, you know, uh, 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 man in, that was in the practice of Judaism. It was, it was once, amen, a voice to Judaism. And it's amazing. Maybe I would say it's, it's sad to see that a lot of people today in the 21st century are still trying to go back to some of this tradition. Many in the church, in fact, many today in the church, particularly here in South Africa, have mixed, they're mixing Judaism, amen, and, you know, Christianity in terms of working with God together. They don't know the difference. They don't know the difference that, okay, uh, uh, working with God is completely different amen, from the practice of Judaism. A lot of people think that when they affiliate to Judaism, when they affiliate to Israel, and, and when they do, you know, the things that, you know, you know the Jews do, that all right, they'll get closer to God. Basically, they are trying to work out their own salvation. They're trying to walk out. They're trying to, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, carry out, amen, the salvation that the Lord, amen, has given to us. And of course, indeed, we need to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling, not with tradition, not by, amen, going to carry out certain ceremony, not by even following the Jewish calendar. We're there to say that. A lot of people think that, okay, when they follow the Jewish calendar, they are more closer to God. It's not the date. It's not the calendar. Colossians explained that to us. That's why you, you, will, you, will, you, will, you will ask yourself, but these things are in the scripture. How come people are not seeing it? But they're seeing it. It's just that it's not sticking. Why? Because they've been shaped. They've been formed, amen, in a particular way of thinking. You can see things, amen, visible before your very eyes and still be completely oblivion to those things 
It takes the walking of God within the heart of people. It takes the ministry of truth. It takes the ministry of God's word, amen, to open our eyes. I mean, there were guys who walked with Jesus, amen, for three and a half years. And yet, after his resurrection, they could not recognize him. Even while he was chatting with them, talking with them, they still could not recognize him. That is how terrible, amen, religion and the traditions of men, amen, can be. Religion is a very powerful force that can hinder, that can stop us from seeing things the way God will have us see, see them. From relating to, amen, to truth the way God will have us relate to them. And you can be very, amen, immersed in, in tradition, immersed in, 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 you know, in, in churchialism, in all these things that sound like God, that looks like God. You can be very committed to the activity that we define to be church and be completely disconnected, amen, from the ways of the Spirit, from the doctrines of Christ. So it is important that we realize that the days that we live in god wants us to develop a burden amen for those who are still in the church who are still trapped amen within the idea of man that they call religion that they call tradition that they call denomination some denomination amen are more popular than christ some leaders in denomination amen are more popular than christ they are more popular than the holy spirit they only use, you know, the name of Jesus around to, you know, basically to validate what they're doing. But every other thing that they do, amen, are done based on what they believe, what they have taught, the doctrines of men. It's important that we develop. Many of us, God has delivered us from that system. And some of us say, well, I don't, I remember when God delivered me from that system. I said, I don't want to have anything to do with these people again. And it was so for some couple of years until the Lord began to minister to me that, Mister, you're not right. Now that I've brought you out and I've shown you the way, I've you know built you upon the path. I've revealed what it means to walk with me. Now I want you to take the same amen truth. Go back amen to those places. Because back in the days when they invite me, I tell them I'm not coming. And so I began to take some invitation. I began to go back to some redeemed Christian church of God and some places like that in Nigeria. And people used to, some of my friends used to wonder, are you going to that? I say, yes, the Lord is sending me there. You see, we, we must understand that we are sent. No, when we, when we develop the mentality that we are sent to the lost ship of the house of Israel, you see, our posture, our understanding, and of course, our attitude and respond to that gospel, to that message, amen, will be different. First of all, we will develop compassion for the people. We will not have this self-righteous pride that, well, I'm better than I'm better than them. After all, God has, you know, and God has given me a revelation. I know better than them. That's an attitude that many people, you know, are still wearing. And that's why we cannot reach them. And that's why there seem to be a conflict, amen, between those of us, amen, whom God has brought out, amen, and those who are in. Those who are in are looking at us, amen, as rebels. And we that are out are looking at them, amen, as people that are going to hell, that have missed the things of God. You see, we have to begin to understand that the Lord, amen, wants us to reach even those that have been touched but have not been, amen. I don't want to use the word kingdomized, but, but you understand what I'm saying. They've been churched, but they have no clue about the ways of Christ, amen. The Bible talks about the children of Israel, amen, who knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. We need both the acts and the ways. 
But we cannot run with the act if we don't know the ways of God. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. To me, that is the foundation, amen, of doctrine. When I'm teaching on doctrine, amen, I explain these three things. Jesus being the way is the truth and the life. You can't talk about knowing the truth when you don't know the way to the truth. And you cannot access life, amen, when you have not accepted, amen, the way and the truth. You see, the way and the truth produces life. Life, amen, gives us what? Light. You see why people are in darkness. You see why you can be, you can be so immersed in religion, amen, and, 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 and be I'm going to hell because, amen, you have refused, you have rejected the way. There's a way that God, amen, has, has, has established in us connecting to the things of the spirit. There's a way. A way means, amen, there's a path. There's a, there's a direct path, amen. There's a direct, you know, if you will, constructed path. John said, amen, I am the voice of one in the wilderness. Doing what? Preparing the way of God. That's a doctrine. That is not just some idea that we, you know, we, 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 we declare and we run with. No. And one of the things, if you've been following us, you will see that I'm, 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 I'm very, you know, graced in this area to help us to understand what is the way, what is the truth, and what is the life. Because at the end of the day, that is what produced light. Everyone wants to walk in light. Nobody wants to walk in darkness. But you don't arrive in, in light without following, amen, that divine organogram, that divine pattern, the way, the truth, and the life. Life is what produced life. Jesus said, I am, yes. In me is life. And the life becomes what? The light of man. Oh yes, we want to walk in light, but we don't, we don't get into light until, amen, we, we follow the due process of the Spirit. Now, you can go to church and we talk about Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, and we reduce that to salvation. We reduce that to preaching to people. Well, Jesus is the way. Which way? Way to heaven. Oh, Jesus is more than the way to heaven. Jesus is the way to everything that God has ordained for humanity, for creation. Amen. The way to the heart of man is through Christ. The way to get people redeemed. The way to get people, amen, come to truth. The way to get people have knowledge, understanding. The way to, you know, find, amen, a man, a woman. The way, amen, to, 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 to access, amen, that opportunity into business is Christ. The way, hallelujah, to, to, to develop your children is Christ. The way, hallelujah, to, to come up with that innovation, whatever it is, amen, is Christ. He is the way to all things. If it's not Christ leading you, amen, then that way is compromise. And that way will always expose truth to you. All kinds of things that, that sound like truth. There are all kinds of things that sound like a fact. But when you scrutinize those things, amen, true, amen, true the truth, who is Christ, ah, you see that, wait, wait a minute, this thing is not, yeah, you will see it's not right. Because you see, Jesus is the, is the, is the lens view. Jesus Christ is the lens view, amen. If you want to see things clear, 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 clearly, the last time I used an example or a, of my binoculars here. If you want to see things without being deceived, if you want to see things with, with clarity, amen, you need your binoculars to be able to see. And when you're seeing, amen, they will help you to adjust. You adjust those things. You adjust, amen, you know, the norms. Do you, things that are looking blurry, ah, they become more clearer. 
So if you if you don't have Christ in your life, you can have church, you can have religion, you can have traditions of men, all right? You can have all kinds of things, but if Christ is not seated in you, if Christ is not seated within the heart of your children, they will buy the ways of this world. Babylon will capture them because there are all kinds of things that are enticing, amen, that Babylon is using, that Egypt is using. There are all kinds of things today we're doing in the church to entice people. Christ is no longer attractive. Oh, come on. Thank you, Father. Christ is no longer attractive, amen. Just to have a plain, a plain white robe of Christ is no longer attractive. We have to, we have to, we have to, you know, we have to uh, kind of, you know, spice everything that we do today in church with all kinds of things. We spice it up. We even bring unbelievers to church to come and spice up, amen, how, how we preach, you know. We spice up, you know, our, our com- comedy. Today, the church has become like a comedy center. We do all kinds of things just to spice up so that people can come. It's all about how to get the people, but not to get them saved, not to get them to Christ, Christ is no longer amen, attractive to people. If you present amen, the kind of Christ that we are presenting amen, to people, not many people will like it. Not many people will follow us. And we know that. And I'm very, very clued up with that. I don't want, amen, as much as I want everybody to be saved, but not at the detriment of the values and the standards of the kingdom. No. No. There is a cost and a price to pay to follow Christ. You see, so we, 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 we exchange, we replace Christ with every, every kind of things, all right? And then we just talk about Jesus, but you see, when you begin to talk about Jesus Christ, that's a different ball game. Because to say he's Jesus Christ, it means, it means that he is the Lord and master of your life. He's the supreme judge of, over your life. He defines where, you know, if you will live or die. He defines, amen, if you will breathe or die. He defines, amen, if you will be happy or sad. He defines everything. It's not what you do. It's not what somebody said. It's not where you go. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The church is no longer satisfied with Christ alone. Because Christ is no longer attractive. And you know why Christ is not attractive? Because what makes Christ to be attractive in men? We don't have it. A, a, a spirit that has, not, that has not come alive. A person who is still being driven by his soul life cannot be attracted to the things of God. Whenever a person that is, amen, that is soulish get attracted to the things of God, it's because, amen, that thing can be used to enhance, amen, something they need to get or something they want to become in their soul order. Did you hear, did you hear what I've just said, ladies? <laughs> the only way we can be attracted to Christ, amen, is when we are dead to the desires of the flesh. When we are dead to our own desire. When we are dead to our own idea. Our own philosophy. You see the world doesn't mind us preach Christ. As long as amen, that, Christ we, that Christ we are preaching. Amen. Is, is, is defined. Amen. By the way they see Christ. I was listening to an interview. Yesterday. And the brother was saying. You know from Australia. This brother was saying. Look. What the world is doing. What you know. Uh, uh, the rugby council of australia is doing to judge this this person who who proclaim who declare the gospel amen 
online, you know, he just used his Twitter account to preach and say, all sinners are going to go to hell. But if they repent, they have the opportunity, including those that are gay, they have the opportunity, amen, to be redeemed. And the Australian Council of Rugby penalized this guy for saying such a thing because they believe that, you know, he, he, you know he, he has infringed on some people's rights. Can you believe that this guy was just preaching the gospel? And it was a big thing. It was a big thing. Well, people began to challenge. And one of the, one of the panelists said, well, you see, uh, he doesn't believe that the position that this guy took is the general position of the church. And the guy that was defending him said, but excuse me, the position that this guy took is the same position every believer amen, should take. We all preach the gospel. And this is what the Christ defined as the gospel. Go and tell the world to repent. If they don't repent, amen, they will down go to hell. You don't have to down go to hell. You have the opportunity, amen, to hear the truth and be changed. And so somebody wakes up and says, no, who are you to tell me that I'm going to down go to hell? And that became a big thing. And in a, in a world, in a place where we say we have, amen, the right to, to, you know, to speak, we have the right to the gospel. So people, are, society, the government are already saying to the people, there's a limit to what you can say about, amen, your religion. But every other religion can say and do whatever they want to do. The fact that, amen, you know, Christianity claims that there's a consequence to the decisions we make. You see, that's what they don't want to hear. That there is a consequence to every decision you make. But that is not just a Christian thing. That is a principle of life. As long as you live, amen, under certain, you know, environment, there's, there's, there's a principle, there's a law that governs the earth. If you're outside of earth atmosphere, amen, you begin to, amen, function under a different rule, under a different law system, under a different, you know, a, a law of physics. But as long as you live on earth, amen, there are laws that we don't see, but defines and govern how we live here on earth. You can't go to certain places, amen. In the North Pole that is very cold and decide you want to live like uh, uh, you are, you know, in a hot day in California or in a hot day somewhere in the Sahara. You know what's going to happen to you. Nobody needs to preach to you that you're going to die. You're going to freeze to death. You understand this? Nobody's going to preach to you. Nobody, no, nobody needs. That's why the Bible says the book of Romans. Amen. Now listen to this. Even if there are no preachers, amen, creation is already preaching the gospel. You don't have any choice in this matter. But you see, man that has developed rebellion says, no, but who are you, old man, to tell me what is right from what is wrong? I want to choose my own way. And one of the panelists, one of the ladies, she wants to give an example, and here is her example. She said, no, we, we believe in the world of freedom, and she gave an example of this guy who, who made this, you know, a, a, a sneaker that was dedicated to Satan. And that was, a, you know, a standard. That was our own way of saying, well, everybody have a, a right to religion. And she said, but look at this guy. And of course, people applauded her. And I said to myself, the world really is heading for destruction. 
Now, you, you, you don't have to believe that. You just need to look back. This is what God said to me this morning. If you want to build a, a future that is secure, you want to build su success, amen. You, you want to press into success. You want to, be, you want to achieve success tomorrow. All you need to do is to look back. If you want to achieve amen, greatness, you don't need to look forward. You need to look back. Look at what people have done, all right, that have made them fail. And look at what people have done that made them successful. It's that simple. You know, sometimes we just need to look forward. We just need to look forward. I like when God, amen, take you to think outside the box. Just look back. Look back at what has happened in the past two years. Look back at what, amen, has happened in the past five years, seven years. Look, just look back. Just look back, amen. History is still there to tell you that there was a woman, amen, called Lot's wife. She looked back and the scripture says she turned to a pillar of salt. Are you getting the point that I'm making? The way forward is to look back and see the mistake people have made. When I look back, something about my life must adjust today. When I look back, amen, and I'm able to, you know, follow what has happened in the past, you know, few, 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 few months. When I look back, I, I look at what has happened in the past few years. Something in me, in the presence, must what? Must adjust. I don't have a choice. I just must adjust. Because I can see, hey, this is what happened two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. If I do that thing, if I fall into the same mistake that person fell into, I'm going to get the same result. So it's not just about looking forward. When you look back, amen, three, four years ago, you see how God have delivered you. Nobody will tell you that, hey, you need to live your life today to honor him. Because you are not better of those people. They were judged. I mean, there were people in my life two years ago that are no longer there today. There are people that I know, amen, five years ago that are nowhere to be found today. There were people who come visit your house that you, you visit, you play with, you talk with, you chat with, you call them, you send them message, you, know, you understand, on WhatsApp, on your Telegram. Today, all you have, amen, is their memory. They're gone. Now, you'll be so foolish... To continue your life, amen, without divine adjustment. Creation is preaching to us. So I said to myself, you see, you don't need to so put yourself in a condition where just because somebody, one person refused to accept Jesus Christ, one person refused to do what is right, and then you know you 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 you, you shut you know you, you shut down everything. No, 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 no. You must continue. He said this gospel of the kingdom must be preached to the ends of the earth. That doesn't mean that everybody will believe, will accept you. But give them the choice. Give them the benefit of doubt. That's what we're talking about. So when we see the need and the urgency. When we see what is at stake. When we see, amen, the, the, the judgment that is coming. We will go and spread the truth. And guess what? When these guys were spreading the truth, they were being beaten. 
So who told us that in the 21st century that we will not be beaten? Who told us, amen, that in the 21st century that when we stand and proclaim and declare the word of God, they will not spit on us. They will not call us name. Who told us, amen? Which gospel did you hear that when you preach the truth, amen, you will be loved? No, you will be hated, Jesus said. But should that hate stop you? Should that rejection stop you? You see, these people will preach the gospel. They knew something that many are trying to discover today about their identity. They knew something today that many are, we are still trying to, you know, find who we are. You see, when you know who you are, the opinions of men cannot override, cannot, amen, alter, amen, your actions. The opinions of men will not define your reactions. You know, in the world that we live in, when you, when you embrace humility, they think you're weak. When you embrace certain order, certain dimension of life that Christ, amen, you know, say we must walk in. They call you all kinds of names. And that's why you see in the world system, people want to assert their position. Alright? Uh, you know, uh, uh, they, they, you, you think that the loudest person in the, in the room, amen, is the most cleverest person. <laughs> you think that the, the most loudest person, alright, is the most powerful person. You think the biggest house, amen, yes, is, is, the, is the richest, you know, uh, uh, is the richest man, in, you know, in town. You know, we always want to do things to impose, but that's not the way the kingdom, the gospel of the Lord, amen, will have us live life. But when you want to live life the way the gospel, amen, defines it, guess what? You'll be rejected, you'll be hated, you'll be called all kinds of names. Because the flesh does not want to amen, accept humility and submission and, and follow and following the directions of the spirit. Because you we see that amen as weakness. Because that's the world, that's what the world says. So we're ever doing things to make impression, to impose. We buy cars to impose, amen. Who we are, who we are, yes. Certain cars are a reflection of who you are. People buy amen, a car that identify or that, that they can identify with as their personality. We build house, you know, we pay certain amount to live in certain places, amen, to make an impression. Not because we are sent there, but to make an impression that yes, I've arrived. I have arrived. We don't do things because there's a strict, you know, purpose, objective that is driving us. We do things, amen, to, to, to proclaim, to declare, to, 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 you know, to, to blow our horns, amen, yes. To tell the world that we are also, yes, we are important. You see, those are all, you know, identity crisis, you know, problem. So, when you allow yourself, amen, to be roped into the idea of religion, traditions that men, amen, have exalted above Christ, you would never have the desire or even the, the boldness, the courage, amen, the confidence to go and tell the people locked, amen, in that religious system and say, wait a minute, you're, 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 out, of, you're, you're out of order. Because all the good things and all the wonderful things that people, amen, defines to be successful they've got it how do you go tell somebody amen who is making millions and everything is going well for him or her that hey you're in the wrong place they say can't you see can't you see the fruit but they don't understand that in the gospel of the kingdom the end does not justify the means <laughs> the means justifies the end
how you get there is what defines if indeed you're successful. It's not the success. Are you getting this, friends? We're talking about how to reach those that have been churched but have not come, amen, into Christ. Those who have been captured in religion, trapped, amen, yes, in the wall of the traditions of men. Some people were born into certain religious, you know, beliefs. Some people were born into certain, you know, a, 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 a denominational culture that hinders them from seeing Christ. Particularly here in Africa. They are very committed to church, but they are totally disconnected from Christ and his kingdom. It is so bad that in some de denomination, a seat has been bought in the church by, the, by their grandfather or great-grandfather. So they will always have a place. That seat belongs to the, to, the family, to the family. You're not committed to the church, but you're paying your tight offering there. When the church needs to do something, you send money there. But there is no spiritual injection. There is no spiritual contribution. There is no impartation. I mean, I've got some people who follow me. They're, they're following me. And when they, when they have problem, all right, oh, uh, prophet, uh, can you tell me? Can you? But they're committed somewhere else. And at some point, I start telling them, why don't you go ask your pastor? This advice you're asking me, why don't you go ask your pastor? Go ask your apostle. Go ask your, your bishop. Go ask your prophet. You see, they know where they can get the truth, but they are not ready, amen, to leave that house of torture and bondage that they are in. Because everything has become a what? A soltar. It's become a stronghold. Some churches have become strongholds to the people. But the Lord said, Pharaoh, let my people go. Yes, the system that drives the church is a Pharaoh type of system. It controls, it lords it over the people. You have no, you, I mean, you can come to me and ask me for something, but you cannot dare. I could remember growing up in, in this church. For you to see the pastor, you, 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 you have to, you know, uh, they call it, <laughs> you have to, not, not just to sign, right? You have to make an appointment of weeks, weeks. Weeks of appointment. I'm talking about seeing him maybe just for 10 minutes. And it's from this point I began to say to myself, no, something is not right here. You're busy. What are you busy? If you cannot, I mean, what kind of busyness that you are involved in? If you cannot, amen, minister to your, to your shepherd, to your, you know, to your sheep when they need you the most. Oh, they're too big. That's why, amen, the, con the concept of, you know, pastoring a big church is, is not, amen, biblical. Because you can't know everybody. And you cannot reach everybody. And so they have delegated authority. They say, but that's what we see, amen, in, you know, uh, in regards to Moses' leadership. Moses' leadership, amen, is not the New Testament leadership. That's good. But amen. God allowed it because of that, you know, context. But you've got to understand concept of amen, apostolic leadership in the New Testament. 
I'm talking about what we need to do, amen, to reach those who we call brothers, sisters in the church that are still locked in tradition, that have not, amen, come to the light of the truth. Maybe they have one part of the truth and they're running with one with that one part but they have not come into fullness they have not come into wholeness they can't see other aspect why because the foundation that they are built that they're building on they're, they're built on amen is skewed is incorrect is inadequate you see when you build on a wrong theological foundation every other thing you build amen is going to end up wrong what am i saying the bible says that amen Paul and Barnabas went into the synagogue. That is what the Lord, amen, is drawing my attention to. They went into the synagogue and they sat down. They were not just sitting down because they want to listen, amen, you know, to the rabbi. They were waiting for an opportunity. You see, we've got to believe God to give us strategy. Strategy. To connect to some of these places. And when they see the grace of God, they will say, brothers, do you have anything you want to share with the people? And it's from there, that one single opportunity, amen, must become a lifetime opportunity that can transform. You see, one opportunity given to you must not be, amen, uh, taken for granted, must not be abused. If you have one opportunity, amen, to speak to people, to talk to somebody, particularly if the person can influence other people, Please ask the Lord to help you make the best use of that opportunity because that may just be the last one you have. You see, how we reach the world is totally different from how we reach amen, a church that has missed the path. The one that has gone astray. Just, just, just as we have individuals, amen, backsliding, going astray. We also have, amen, churches that have gone astray, that have backslidden, that, that, have, that are outside, amen, the order and the pathway that God has ordained for us. How do we reach them? That's the point. How do we, amen, bring them back? How do we, amen, take the gospel of, of the kingdom to them? Amen. Remember, many of these people have been churched. Many of them, amen, are very religious. So it's not just about quoting the scripture to them. The Holy Spirit, amen, must be the driver of the initiative. The Holy Spirit must be the one propelling you. The Bible says, amen, and the Holy Spirit opened the heart of Lydia. Was her name Lydia? Amen. Yes. And she, she received the message that Paul was declaring. The Lord must be involved, amen, in what we do. And that means that our attitude must be right we must we must we must we must wear the cloak of humility submission to the voice of the spirit yet we must be bold stand our ground without compromise we must believe god to give us the insight the way into amen yes breaking the seal of the word so that when we read like i said when these guys who were following jesus on the road to damascus finally got to the house with Jesus Christ, when the Lord broke the bread, the Bible says their eyes were open. Suddenly their eyes were open. We need the eyes of our brothers. The eyes of men of God, women of God. The eyes of those who have sat in the church. Amen. 
who have turned themselves to demigods. We need their eyes to be open. The eyes of people who call themselves a major one who, who are controlling lives. Defining how men and women amen, should live their life. We need their eyes to be open because when their eyes were open, like the eyes of Paul were shut and God opened. Amen. Yes. After three days, you see, when their eyes are open, they become a different person. The gospel changes. What they preach changes. Amen. They will come and say, ah, we have preached the wrong thing. Or, I repent. And there are few like that, that we have heard of. Benny, he was one of them. That's a good example. I hope he's still standing by a man. The truth he claims he has discovered. Benny, he was a man who influenced many charismatic churches. And we all saw the way he was going. And people, I mean, I mean there was healing, there was miracle. But many things that were happening at the back end was totally ungodly. And God brought him to the end of himself. And he himself confessed that he was just totally wrong. He was wrong. The way he handled the gospel, the way he understood the gospel. But here's a man who claimed that the Holy Spirit was involved in everything he was doing. He was just using God, using the anointing, using so-called gift. Benny, yes. I can use that because, I mean, it's a known thing. And there are many like that. There are many like that in Africa. There are many in my in my country, all right, who 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 have awakened and said, wait a minute, no, we got it wrong. I'm talking about men of God with big congregation, big congregation. One of them, amen, is in a place called uh, um I've forgotten the name of that state now in Nigeria. But very influential, a, a tele-evangelist. Something happened in his life, in his heart. Aquibon is from a place called Aquibon. Something happened in this man's life. Now many of his, you know, uh, colleagues who are still in the big time ministry are fighting him. But these guys, I'm not going back. We missed it. We lied to the people. We used the things of God. We used, amen, the scripture to manipulate the people to collect money. I said, Lord, I thank you. So there will be many. But this man, I guess, he didn't just wake up one morning and decide to change. There were people praying. There were things that he heard, he saw. And sometimes you don't know the seed that God is going to use. And that's why somebody like me, we will have to continue to do what we're doing. Because you never know, amen, where this seed is going to fall. You never know, amen, on whose ground this seed, amen, will germinate and bring forth fruit to the glory of God. Not like we're better than them. God, God through his grace, amen, has saved us, has called us out of religious system, of, you know, B Babylonian system, pyramid system. And so uh, we can't fold our hands and, and think all is well. No, we have to go back. You have to save your brother. You have to save your sister. You have to intercede on their behalf. You have to pray for the church, the body of Christ. The church needs the truth more than ever before. Because a weak church, amen, is dangerous. A weak church makes the world, makes, amen, the world vulnerable to the attack of, of you know, of, 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 of the enemy. And that's what we are seeing right now. 
the weakness of the church in Australia as emboldened, amen, you know, a, a, a new age type of people to rise against the church in Australia. A weak church in Canada, all right, as, as empowered, as, as emboldened, amen. Yes, the new age society in, in Canada, amen, to rise and challenge the church. I'm talking about places that God had moved Australia, Canada, America. These were places that God moved mightily, powerfully. Yes, even here in Africa. Look at the church in Nigeria. The church in Nigeria used to be a very powerful church. Vibrant. But when they bought the gospel of, of, of money and commerce and gospel of materialism and everybody began to run after Mesdis, I could remember back in the, in the, in the mid-90s, it was, you know, a, a, a mess this car. If you don't have a mess this car, you have no say. You are not recognized. And this man of God who was an archbishop, amen, is dead now. He began this crusade, amen, that you know, as a bishop, you got to have a mess this car because your God is not poor. I believe that he started, you know, genuinely in terms of trying to, you know, help the people to come out of poverty. But you see, he could not balance the gospel. You see, what, that's what happens if you want to hammer on one particular area of the gospel and you don't have a balance. There's every tendency, amen, that that one aspect that you're trying to, you know, uh, 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 proclaim or declare or bring the people. Of course, we live in, a, in an impoverished society. And back then, all right, men of God, you know, you know, they, they, they see poverty as part of, you know, you know, their calling. That if all, all you need is to have a bicycle, if you can just have a bicycle, then it's fine. That was wrong. God wants his spirit to, to prosper. But then you see, the gospel that they brought now took that, you know, uh, uh, truth to an extreme. It's like that in every area where people are seeking to correct amen, an extreme doctrine. We use an extreme doctrine to try to con con, you know, correct another extreme doctrine. That's where we get it wrong. Christ must become the center focus. When we preach Christ with the lens view of Christ and his kingdom, hallelujah, we will begin to uncover other things and, and, and the gospel that we preach amen, will not be above the revelation of Christ for our life, for our nation, for our society. Because indeed, the environment we live influences the kind of gospel that we preach if we don't, amen, if we're not established in what is called the gospel of the kingdom. You see, the gospel of the kingdom deals with, amen, foreign influence and all kinds of, you know, infiltration that may want to, we may want to come into our lives, into our community as the body of Christ, amen, via the environment we live in. If you live in, in, in an impoverished environment, if you're not careful, amen, you as a man of God, you as a woman of God preaching the gospel, amen, can easily be influenced. Who wants to live in poverty? Nobody. I want to be able to eat what I, you know, I, you know, I want to eat when, you know, when I want to eat it. But, but if I can't find that, amen, if I don't have that, amen, I should, I should be okay with that. But, amen, I should not be satisfied that, well, that is the will of God for me. No, I will continue to ask, but I will not ask, you know, in a way, in a manner that, you know, I begin to twist the hand of God or I begin to, you know, force that on people because that's what they did. God wants to provide for us in his time. But we've got to let the people know that, yes, poverty is not their portion. But we also must understand, amen, and let the people know that prosperity is not the definition, amen, that indeed they're successful.
You see, there must be a balance. And while this man is trying to correct, amen, the wrong notion, amen, of, of you know, of, of, of poverty as part of the gospel, he took it to an extreme. From one mess, this, there are two. Then he began to, you know, look for all kinds of, you know, in fact, there was a time that these people were actually buying custom-built Mezdis. Then from Mezdis car, it became, all right, if you're a man of God, you can't live in a, in a, in a, in a, in a flat. You've got to, you've got to have your own house. You've got to have a duplex. You've got to have this size of a house. It all started innocently, but guess what? It went overboard. To the point that you have men of God. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, this man built a house because I mean, I went to his Bible school, so I'm not speaking something that they told me. I saw it. I walked in his house. We were the one going to clean his house and clean the environment. 27 rooms. What, what are you doing with? Oh, well, if we have guests, rather than put them in an hotel, we can put them. You see, we begin to give all kinds of excuses why we must live a lavish life. Then it becomes, well, you know, as a man of God, you know, the church must have their own university. Yes, listen, the Catholic church have been doing that for centuries. They've been having, building all kinds of things. But we also know, amen, how they use those things to perpetuate evil. As much as those things are good and we need to do them, amen, as part of our own contribution to society, we need to do that. But guess what? The Catholic church did what they need to do. Now the charismatic church took it over and said, well, we also need to start building university. We need to build hospitals. This man, amen, that I'm talking about was one of the first you know, uh, men of God that built, you know, a medical center, uh, built a, a, a university. But guess what? The medicals, at least when I was there, the medical center was still okay. And that really assisted the people. But guess what? When they be began to build university and all of that. You see, when you start building all of these things and God has not given you the grace and the capacity, how do you, how do you intend, amen, to sustain it? Because it's not enough to build. Amen. How do you sustain it? Of course, if, if God is not the one, amen, initiating the building, you have to sustain it by your own, you know, fallen human wisdom. And that's what they did. To the point that, alright, this, this university that, that this man built can only be accessed by certain very rich people of the society. The whole purpose, amen, of giving education to the people is thrown out of the window. Then every other, you know, a, a bishop, an apostle, and God knew, knows what, amen, began to run after building university to the point that today some of the so-called christian university amen in nigeria and in some part of african country are the most expensive you know universities that you can attend is that a mission because whatever we do ought to be a mission for god so from there it becomes okay uh we have to get our own jet plane I'm just giving you. You see, many of these things, when you look at what they did on the, on the surface, they look okay. We want to assist society. We want to transform society. We want to empower people. Yes. But, amen, what is the agenda? Are we doing that, amen, to make money? Is that an investment, amen, to enrich ourselves? Or are we actually doing that, amen, to transform life, to transform society? I can begin to tell you more and more and more that I witnessed, that I saw. 
As much as I have a drive, I have a desire, amen, to want to change. I've, I've given us a testimony that how you know our church we I transformed the place amen to a community center to a, you know to a, to a computer IT center amen yes to a sewing you know fashion center just to empower people because we live in the midst of poverty so why would you be preaching the gospel of the kingdom but what you're preaching amen is not practical in terms of empowering and transforming the life of the people so when the Lord blessed me financially we, we bought computers. We bought machines. In, industrial, you know, embroidery machine. We bought all kinds of things. Amen. Yes. And guess what? We didn't just open it to the church alone. We opened it to everyone. We had Muslim coming. We have everybody coming. Empower the people. We empower the people. That was what I was doing before the Lord, amen, led me to come to South Africa. The people that we gave the job to, they messed it up. But I can't say because they mess it up, I'm, I'm not going to move on to do what the next thing. No. It was my desire to repeat the same thing here in South Africa. The church within the region that I was living, they challenged me. No. Who is this foreigner? We don't want you here. We're not going to allow you to do. Some of the white people were beginning to accept what, you know, my idea. They saw that, wow, this thing is, this, this idea this guy has, I showed them, I, I showed them the profile of what I want to do for the community. Guess what? The colored pastors, they all rise up to challenge me. No, we, we, they call me all kinds of names. Oh no, this guy is just coming. He's just, he's just disguising himself. Even while I was preaching on, on the community radio station, it was a war. But I did what I need to do. And at the time, the Lord said, stop fighting them. Did I not tell you, amen, take the airwave, you take the land. God opened the, the platform. That's why many of you today can watch me. Or else I'll, I would have been involved in the community. I'm still involved in one way or the other. The money that was supposed to be given to assist the people... This colored pastor, you know, went behind me to tell the people, no, Isaiah cannot be trusted. You know why? Because the money used to go to him. He's the local champion. You see, these people, you think, you think what they're doing, oh, they're giving, you know, food parcel here, they're open soup kitchen here, they do, no, for how long are you going to keep the people, amen, in food, in food parcel? For how long? We want to empower the people. I wanted to train. Amen. These guys give them skill. You still have people who don't know how to open an email. Young, young people. That's why they're breaking into homes. Stealing here and there because amen, they're idle. And I don't mind. This is the devil's workshop. All kinds of things. Government don't know what to do. The best they would do, amen, is open a sports center. That becomes a white elephant. There are all kinds of things that you can do. Amen. Grassroots empowerment. You see, the people say, Oh, we want to we want to change the life of the people. No, they only use the people. They they they, they have weaponized, like I always say, they have weaponized poverty. A lot of people today, those who are into BE. No, we want to empower the blacks, but you're empowering the blacks, amen, only to get the money into your pocket. See, th th there is a problem, and we need to wake up to this reality, friends. 
Yes, we need to be we need to be socially involved and we must amen know how to be socially viable but listen to this we've got to do that in the context of mission. Investing into the people's life, amen. Should not be an issue where you're expecting a financial return. So if you're not ready, amen, to really invest your money for the transformation of people. And thinking that, okay, I'm going to... And people say, oh, we want to assist you. But uh, um, what is our, you know, what's our return? Even though they don't tell you directly, but that's what they're telling me. And I said to them, hold your money. Sorry, I'm not involved in that nonsense. Hold your money. You cannot control me. You want to use me, all right? To say, oh, well, we are, we, are, we are involved. We are investing into Isaiah's ministry because they are doing X, Y, Z in the community. But at the end of the day, you know how you're going to use Isaiah to go raise money somewhere else. And then you show them certain pictures. You say, see what we're doing. See what we're doing. We're, we're partnering with one of our brothers in, in, in South Africa. But see what we're doing. I said, no, hold your money. I don't want the end does not justify the means, friends. And we have continued to prove that you can win, amen, in the divine order and blueprint that God has given. Build according to the pattern I showed you. Friends, what am I talking about? How to reach the church. There's a church, amen, that has gone wayward, that has gone out of order, that has gone out of the directions of the spirit, that needs to be reached because you cannot leave them. You can't say, well, oh, well, no, no, no. You have to, we have to develop a strategy of reaching our friends, our brothers, our parents, our mothers, our uncles, amen, locked in those churches. Because that's what God did, amen. When they opened the eyes, amen, of, of, of Saul of Tarsus, who later became Paul, amen. What did, what, what did God do? God sent him back, amen, to the Gentile and to the Jew. There are two different ministries given to this man, one single man. Why? Because God has invested capacity and grace in him. And we have that grace too. We know how to reach, amen, those that have, that, have, that, that, that have not been churched. And we know how to reach those that have been churched, but don't have, amen, Christ. Don't have the knowledge of the kingdom in them. And these are things, friends, if we are going to talk about taking the gospel, amen, to the next frontier. These are things we have to look into. You see, you see how God is helping us to break the seal, amen, in the, in the scripture. You can read the scripture, but what is God saying within that scripture? What is the mind of God? What is the heart of God? We're talking about the Antioch model of church. Totally different from the Jerusalem order. The Antioch church must have the capacity to reach, amen, their brothers who are still locked, amen, in tradition. In fact, the Antioch church has a way, amen, of interfacing with the Jerusalem church, but, amen, are not reflecting, amen, the values of the Jerusalem church, but they interface with the Jerusalem church. The Antioch church, amen, is more mission-driven, more mission-minded, amen. But when there's a problem, they take you to Jerusalem because that's where the elder sits. That's where the council of elders sits. And we appreciate the Jerusalem church. But even that Jerusalem church, amen, must evolve. You can't sit in tradition of men. You can't sit, amen, in a direction, in an in a order of life that, you know, that has been rejected, that are not working in accordance to, amen, the standards and the principle of the kingdom of God. So even the Jerusalem church must be evolving in terms of, amen, what God is doing. There are new realities. There are churches that began very well. 
churches that were established by amen, highly sound men. But things have evolved, but the church never evolved. The people never evolved. If you read about the history of those churches, amen, 200 years ago, they were very, very vibrant, relevant, amen, in the calendar, in the, God, in the prophetic calendar of God. But today in the 21st century, they are as dead as a graveyard. Why? Because people are not evolving. They are not moving, amen, with, 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 with God. They are not tracking the mind of God, the heart of God, the desires of God, all right? So because God moved in a particular way, amen, 100 years ago, they built a camp. That was what amen, Peter wanted to do on, on, on the mountain. And the Lord rebuked him. Amen. They were struck down. By the time amen, they, they woke up, they didn't see nothing. Jeremiah, excuse me, uh, Elijah and Moses was not seen. They said, let's build one tabernacle for you. One for Elijah, one for Moses. They said, sorry, it's not going to be so. That place would have been another Mecca where we all go amen, every year for pilgrimage. Because that's what we like to do. We like to build, amen, a monument around the and around an experience. Particularly when that experience moved the nation for a season, we build a world around it and we turn it to a mecca. The Lord said, "Not so. I'm building a movement in the earth. This is about Christ, not about Moses." Not about Elijah. There are ministries built around giftings. Built around certain individuals. Built around certain men of God. Built around certain angels. Built around experience. You can't build life ministry around experience. Around giftings. You cannot do that. We are not permitted to do that. Whatever we are going to do. Amen. Must be done strictly on the revelation. Listen to this. Not just on the revelation of Christ. But on the ascended revelation of Christ. There's a Christ we know. Amen. Who walked the shores of the earth. Who fed the people. Who healed the people. Who raised the dead. Amen. Who did all kinds of good things. And that is good. But it doesn't stop there. There is a Christ that is seated amen right now at the hand of the father at the, at the right hand of the father he's seated there that is the christ we want to understand we want to know because that is the church god is building a church that is coming from above that which is patterned from above amen is above all there is a man from heaven and there's a man of the earth the man of the earth is dust he missed it he goofed and the lord rejected his order and God had to send another man in the person of himself in Christ Jesus. Yes, that is the church that we are building. A church, amen, that is not of the earth. That which God is building is not of the earth. And we have to live in that order of life. Can we hear that? Can we see that? Can we align to that order of life? That that which we see. Even Jesus, when he was on earth, he said, Only what I see my father do in heaven, I carry out in the earth. A church is not just a place we go. It's a life we live. In our home, in our, in our community, in our workplace. Amen? Yes. The church is not just a place that we go and sit down and have some organized worship. It's good. We do that. But beyond that, amen, a church is a representative of the life and the spirit of God. Amen? A missed man. A missed society. Yes. A church is a salt and a light. Yes. I pray that this understanding will really capture our heart. Imagine if the number of people that we have who call themselves Christian are truly, 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 amen, 
transformed, empowered, reformed, aligned to the will of God. By now, we would have finished the work of, 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 of redemption. The job will have been done. We have more than enough people. When the Lord said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. What he was asking for, amen, is sent qualified, amen, well-built, well-skilled, kingdom-minded laborers. Not just anybody. Anybody could be an hireling. Like I told you yesterday, hirelings only seek the interest of their pocket. They don't have a burden and a passion for God and the things of God. And hireling does not have a burden, does not have a desire, does not have a passion for the things of God. And hireling only think of what can I gain. And hireling think of his own interests, his own income. Or our own income. And I dare to say that today, 70 to 80% of the churches we have globally, particularly in Africa, are driven by hirelings. It's all about increase of their income. That's why amen, the people are seen amen, as as you know as, as beasts of burden. They drive the people to get more money. They use the gift. They use, amen, the talent. They come up with all kinds of crazy, humanistic, worldly, demonic wisdom to drive what they call the things of God. They are hirelings. When the wolves come, they abandon the sheep. They abandon the sheep. They leave the sheep, amen, yes, to be eaten. We want to build a dimension of a church that is Davidic in nature. David says, Amen. When the lion comes to eat up one of the one of the sheep of my father, I charge against the lion. That's what we are looking for, friends. When the bear comes, these are representative, these are symbolic of satanic principality, demonic principality that charges over the people of God, that goes after the sheep. You see, you're not a leader until you have the courage and the boldness to defend the sheep. Oh, Father, we honor your name. David says, I charged against it. And guess what? David did not even have to announce it. He took charge. He was responsible. He was committed to the growth of the people. He was feeding the people. He was feeding them. God said to Jeremiah, in that day, I will raise a new order of shepherds that will feed my people with knowledge, with truth, with understanding. Yes. This is what the church of Christ is in need of in this day. Not an entity that will come and lie to the people by selling them all kinds of merchandise. We've turned the house of God to a house of merchants. Buying and selling, going on. By today's Sunday, oh my word, is a market day for many ministries. It's a market day. Sunday is a market day. They market their gift. They market their books. They, they market their journey to Jerusalem. Yes, we're on a pregame to Jerusalem. 
the market amen river jordan the market the oil the market you know some you know uh, uh, some clothes they call them anointing the mantle they market all kinds of merchandise some will be marketing soap this soap has been prayed on this oil has been prayed on this one that came from river god knows where you see because the people too are desperate they 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 are all over the place they buy <laughs> if you buy if you buy the soap and bath with it your, your problem is, is, is gone. This was what T.B. Joshua was doing. God took him out of the scene. You see, that's why I told you earlier on. You just need to look back. You will gain understanding and inspiration regarding how to build forward. Where is T.B. Joshua today? It seemed as if there was nothing, no one could, could remove this principality. This sorcerer who calls himself prophet. Oh yeah. We said it. A lot of people got angry with me. Man, I said, well, you can get angry with me. I don't really bother. It doesn't concern me. The truth must be told. And God vindicated us. You see, we don't hide. Or we don't. The truth doesn't take a side. The truth does not know a color. Does not know a tribe. Oh, no, he's from Nigeria. Are you not from Nigeria? What? No, are you? Excuse me. That's not the truth. The truth The truth is not tribal. The truth does not recognize tribalism. The truth is not racial. Come on. Truth in America is truth in South Africa. Truth in South Africa, amen, is truth, amen, in Hong Kong. is the truth, amen, in China. is the truth, amen, in Australia. The same truth, hallelujah, is strong in Canada. The same truth is strong is revealed in Libya. The truth is the truth anywhere. There are no shades of truth. The truth is the truth. How we administer the truth may be, dif may be different, but the truth remains the truth. It cannot be true somewhere, amen, and in another place, it's not the truth. Then it's not the truth. It cannot be true for Sister Sally, but when it comes to Brother uh, Peter, amen, it's something else. Then it's not the truth. Oh, come on. If it's the truth, amen, for a man of God, then it's the truth for me. Then it's the truth for you. The grace of accepting, imbibing, and using the truth may differ, but it is still the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth is what set you free. People who refuse to accept the whole truth, amen, yes, will be partially blinded. Will be seen men walking like tree. Speak the truth. Shame the devil. Let the devil know where you stand. Remember I, I used to say, if people don't know where you stand, all kinds of things they will throw at you. Everybody wants to be part of you. You will be yoked to everything. Because you want to be in everybody's good book. I know. I cannot be in everybody's good book. Some people right now, they hate me to my God. They hate me. If I die tomorrow, oh, they'll be so happy. Why? Because you, you are a pin in their neck. But guess what? This is not the path that I chose. The path chose me.
If you look at my background, all the things that I'm doing today, I'm not supposed to do it. Because I never had the confidence, I never had the courage, I never had the, you know, the flair. I don't have the personality amen, of standing in front of, you know, people. No. A very quiet person growing up, even though I hate injustice. That's one thing I remember about myself growing up. I, I hate, amen, that somebody takes advantage of another person. And I guess that's what God saw in me. You, you, you're good enough for me. I'm going to use this thing in you. I will defend anyone, anybody, anywhere. I don't need to know you. Wherever I see injustice, something in me just, I can't take it. And thank God I'm not in politics. I'm sure by now they would have killed me. And because of that, I wanted to go join, you know, the military. Just to fight for, you know, you think that when you join military, you're fighting for, for, for what is just. Unfortunately, even in, even in military, there are strong politicians. In fact, there is hardly you find anything you're doing today that you don't find, amen, uh, 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 some ungodly, you know, uh, uh, politics being played there. But back in the days when I was growing up, amen, to be in military was a thing of honor. But God had mercy on me. He said, no, you, you just go die cheaply. Let me, let me put you, let me, let me train you, let me use you, amen, in the army of my kingdom. Come, let me train you to be a voice. And that's why you cannot keep Isaiah down. You can't keep me to be quiet when it comes. Even things that will hurt me, I say to my heart, I make sure I declare the way it is. I thank God. So this is not something that I chose. The path chose me. God called me. He chose me. He placed me on this path. Even if I don't want to prophesy. Amen. <laughs> like Jeremiah said. The word is like a fire that is shut up in my bones. I can't fit in into the norms. Into the systems of men. I try to. And if you try to put me there. I will jump out. I'm like a smoke. You can't hide it. We have to stand for what is true. We have to defend what is the truth. Because there is a world that is fighting and challenging everything that truth represents. And they're using everyone that they can use. Particularly those that they see that, oh, these ones, they love money. Okay, use money. They use money to compromise their life. Oh, they see that these ones, they love women. They use women to compromise their life. Oh, these ones, they love men. They use men to compromise. Whatever the devil can use. Whatever you love, amen, that is not aligned to the standard of God. Please start developing a hate for it. Because if you don't, that is an opening the enemy is going to use to cripple you, to compromise you, and to stop you from fulfilling the, the, the purpose of God. So it's important that you know your weakness, that you know, amen, your weak points, that you help, that you ask others to help you identify your blind spots. Because those blind spots is what the enemy needs. That's all he needs. And we all, we all have got a blind spot. We all have blind spots in our life. There are logs in our eyes that we don't see. It's easy to see, amen, the sawdust in other people's eyes. Why, amen, we are going around with our own logs. 
And people are pointing at it and say, what, what, what are you talking about? I can't see it. You can't see it because it's a blind spot. It's a blind spot. It is a blind spot. You know, I'm just tempted to read the scripture. Of course, it's fine. I can read the scripture. Then maybe we'll begin to round up with this. You see, we, we, we zero, in, zero in on how to reach missions to the church. Mission to Christians that are not Christians. Amen. Unbelieving believers. The Bible says they went to the synagogue. The synagogue is where you go to worship God. But alas, they're worshiping the unknown God. I think it was for Corinthians uh, 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 17 that, you know, the, the, the brethren got to, yes. They found in Athens, amen. They found a, 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 a group of people who were worshiping the unknown God. Yes. You, you can read that in uh, uh, um, Acts 17, 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. The city was full of idols. It's like our day. But these are not idols that, you know, uh, uh, that you can see in terms of, you know, structures, in terms of, uh, you know, images. There are all kinds of idols today that are built within the minds of men through social media. Through the values of the kind of government we have, amen. Yes, idols. They they they, they feel, amen, our cities. But we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to Acts 17. But I'm just pointing something out to you. Paul was greatly distressed. Can you be distressed when you see the kind of idols, the idols amen, in the church, idols of men? There was a particular church, all right. I, I, I don't know this pastor, but I've heard of him. In fact, I think I've, I've been to his, his church twice. And I'm going to say this. I know a lot of people are going to get angry with me again, but, but it's fine. All right. And this, this church, a lot of people, particularly in the Western Cape, all right, they follow this man. He's some big, big, you know, bishop. Well known. Don't want to mention his name. But in this man's church, there is what, you know, there's the image of the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. They built it. They said, well, it's just for, you know, uh, uh, just to identify, all right, that the presence of God is here. But then the Bible says that, amen, we should not build anything, amen, in the similitude, in the likeness of the things that God did. Is there in the scripture. Because, amen, listen, you may, you may, you may be using that, amen, as, an, as a concept. Now, if you use that as a concept, amen, to preach, to teach, it's a different thing. I, will, I mean, I can do that. That's 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 acceptable. But when you do that and you put that permanently in the church, what do you think? The people will start to amen, look to that, you know, to that a, a wood that you call the Ark of the Covenant. Because it was built like the Ark of the Covenant and the, 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 there's a designated place that put that. And I look at this thing. I remember the first time I went to this church, I was invited there was a conference, you know, leadership conference. So they used the man's church. And I looked at that thing. I was vexed in my spirit. I was distressed in my spirit. Because immediately, I know what the Lord was saying. That is an image of idol. Just like we saw in the book of Ezekiel. That is an idolatry image. That's an image of jealousy. 
in the house of God. And I'm sure I would have caused all, all kinds of stare if I'd gone to the man of God and said, what's this? Because that was, that was how I felt. But I couldn't take it. I had to go out. For the rest of the conference, I was outside because it was quite a far place. So, uh, I mean, they took me there. I had to wait for the people. Or else I would have found my way back home. Like, remember the next time I was invited, you know, there's another meeting there. You see, because when I came, I, I just want to see how we can, you know, work with churches, you know, men. But I, at some point, I realized that those people don't want to be, they talk about unity. They talk about, you know, the body of Christ coming together. No, they are building a cult for themselves. And they wanted to rope me into their cult. And the Lord said to me, run for your life, not this place. That's why you don't see me run around. I'm not in that clique. I'm not in that network. I'm not. No, I believe in the body of Christ. The body of Christ, amen, it's not a clique. It's not a cult. One man does not sit up there or some group of men sit up there and call themselves God knows what. And every other person must succumb to them. And I could remember, they say, if you want to join this network, you've got to pay certain amount. While the guy who is in charge, amen, lives somewhere in the Bahamas. You see, when you have the prophetic spirit, when you see this thing, immediately the Lord will tell you, this is not the place you should be. Move. I don't care the number of people. When I left amen, that you know, uh, uh, group, there were a lot of people that stopped following me. I don't even know if those people are still with them. But guess what? That's not my call. I left. And we've got to learn to leave a place amen, that is not reflecting Christ. When you enter a place, amen, and Christ is not magnified. The, the will of God, the counsel of God is not magnified. I don't care how amen, the atmosphere feels. You've got to leave. Paul was waiting for them in Athens. He was greatly distressed when he see the city full of what idols. Bible says, for he reasoned in the synagogue again. He reasoned in the synagogue again. The synagogue is not for the Gentiles. The synagogue is for the Jews. It's for, yes, the churched people. He reasoned with them in the synagogue, amen, with the Jews and with God-fearing Greeks in the midst of this, you know, littered, amen, idolatrous city. There was still a synagogue there. And that's a good point. That's a melting point. That's a place to meet. That's a place to reason. I like the term, he reasoned with them. To reason with them, amen, you need to be informed and you need to be reformed, of course. And you need to be full of the spirit. You need to be informed, amen. You need to be reformed and you need to be full of the spirit to be able to reason with people. Because listen to this, if you want to reason with Babylonians, you want to reason with religious people and you are not, amen, reformed, you are not full of God, amen, you are not full of the spirit, you are not reformed yourself, I'm telling you, they will flow you down. Because many people claim that, you know, they want to go for God are very ignorant people. You don't even know what the people know. You don't know what they believe. So where do you start from? How do you defend a faith, amen, that you don't have a broad understanding about? That people want to go, you know, challenge Muslims. You don't even know what Muslims believe. You want to go challenge, amen, the Hare Krishnas, the, the Hindu, but you don't know what they believe. You don't know anything about their faith. You don't know, amen, how to connect. You don't know what to say. 
You just want to go and impose. If you don't believe you damn perish. No, you've got to learn to reason with them. You bring them to a point and a place where they, they themselves. You see, God can use the power of reason. Of course, the gospel is not built on reason. But reason, amen. When you begin to reason with a sanctified mind. When you start reasoning with people, amen. With an understanding of truth. Because that's the whole essence of reasoning. Amen. You want to bring them to a, a, a logical end. Because that's what they build their belief on, on logic. Amen. So you use their logic, amen, to preach to them to teach them to show them that's what paul did he was using what the jew believed amen yes to you know to reach them that's why you've got to read you've got to study study to show yourself approved a workman that that does not need to be ashamed rightly rightly not wrongly rightly dividing the word of truth that's doctrine we've got to have that understanding we must have that spiritual solidity You want to preach to children. You want to reach them. You've got to know things. Teenagers, you've got to understand their world. You've got to allow the Lord to, to help you. To take you on a journey. God, don't just go out of zeal. Zeal and knowledge must merge together. You reason with them. I was trying to show you a scripture. The Bible says in uh, Acts 18, let's take it from verse 18. Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sailed to Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off. Uh, he had his hair cut off at uh, Syncria. This is not where I want to. Yeah, it's in Acts 18 where the Bible says Aquila and Priscilla met Apollos. Yes. Yeah, okay. It's, 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 let's, let's go down to verse 23 of that uh, Act 18. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out for there and traveled from the place, from, from, from place to place through the region of Galatia and Pagia and strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man. Look, not that he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. With a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great favor and thought about Jesus accurately. Though he only knew the baptism of John. So everything this guy knew from this description, amen, was limited to what John taught him. Was limited, amen, to a revelation that was limited to before the resurrection. That was limited to, amen, the, the concept of, you know, the ministry of Christ. This was what this guy knew, Apollos. And the Bible says he was, you know, an eloquent man, accurate, amen, based on the baptism of John. The Bible says, when Priscilla and Aquila had, had, had him, they heard this guy talk, all right? It was, maybe he was giving a speech or was preaching. Or they heard him. The Bible says they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately, more perfectly. They explained to him. This is what we need. 
Because you're going to find men like, you know, Apollos. Who is from Alexandria. Alexandria is a cosmopolitan area. Well, you know, knowledgeable, exposed. It's a place where, you know, all kinds of minds meet. Alexandria is a very powerful, you know, region. A place where, you know, politics and economics meet. This guy's from there, Apollos. But he only knew the baptism of John. Priscilla and Aquila, of course, they knew better than him. Bible says they invited him to their home. And that's what we need. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't challenge him amen, on the pulpit. They, no, they invited him to their home. Our home must become an extension of a place where we can train, teach, empower, enrich amen, men and women who, who, who can be used of God, who will be used of God amen, to advance the purposes of God. And they did that for a while. And of course, this Apollo, Apollo's guy became a very powerful instrument, amen, in convincing the Jew. Because this time around, yes, he's been, he's been built, he's been enriched. He's been, you know, capacitated by the ministry of Apollos and, and excuse me, by the ministry of Priscilla and Aquila. Friends, we need to believe the Lord to grant us grace. We've got to pray. We've got to really ask the Lord, open, open, open the people, open the heart of your church so we can reach them. But we also need to pray for ourselves. God, give us a desire, a compassion. May we not be tired. May we not be carried away by all kinds of distraction. May we see the field for what it is. And may we see the potential, amen, of this great field called, amen, the Lordship of the House of Israel. May we see those, amen, who are Jew, amen, who desire to want to please God and serve God, but have been entrapped in a religious system. May, we, may God give us the keys of the kingdom regarding how to unlock, amen, their hearts. This is something I pray that every one of us will buy into, friends, as I round up this morning. But this is where we are going to stop, amen. Uh, tomorrow, by God's grace, if I come, we are going to start from, uh, uh, we're going to go to Acts chapter 14, all right? Great things we're going to be looking again in Acts chapter 14 because another uh, concept that is established here that will help us to further understand, amen, you know, the, the ministry of signs and wonders, amen, even on the field. Because when Paul and Silas, uh, Paul and Barnabas, enter into this dimension of declaring the word of God in, you know, in Iconium, we begin to see, you know, the, 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 the Gentile people say, wow, the, the gods have come down in the likeness of men, all right? In fact, they, they, they thought Paul was, you know, was Sus, you know, and all kinds of, you know, activity going on. And Paul had to, they had to tear their clothes and say, hey, no, 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 guys, we are just ordinary people. They said the gods have come down because that's one of the beliefs of the, you know, of, you know, of those who worship, you know, uh, 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 you know, this, you know, Grecian, you know, uh, uh, gods. They believe that the gods can come down in, in, in the likeness of men. And they, when they saw the kind of power, they saw the kind of things that Paul, you know, and, and, and Barnabas, they said, no, these, these, these are not ordinary men. These are gods. But of course, they're just ordinary men that God live in them. I love this, friends. I hope this morning that we've been able to impart into your spirit an awakening that will begin to set your heart on a journey to pray for the body of Christ because that's what we need. We need to see, amen, the field. 
We need to see the, the field of the church. That there are people in our churches, in, in the body of Christ, amen, that are locked in darkness, that are locked in religious darkness, that are locked, amen, in all kinds of lies. Some want to be free. That's the truth. But they don't know how to. Because they believe that what they have, what they've been told, what they've been taught, amen, is the truth. Like this man, Apollos. He only knew the baptism of John. And he was doing that with zeal. And I know a lot of people like that. Very zealous. You can't convince them. It's going to take the ministry of Priscilla and Aquila, filled by the Spirit, amen, to reach people like Apollos. Because we need them. The kingdom of God needs them. There are a lot of people within the house, house of torture, that can be delivered. And when God perfects his work in their life, heal them, restore them, they can be a good instrument in bringing, amen, deliverance and transformation to their brothers. Lord, we thank you this morning for your will and counsel once again that has been proclaimed. Thank you for the way that you have spoken once again to us. We appreciate your voice. We appreciate your mind. We appreciate this truth, oh God, yes, that has continued to enrich our life. We pray in the name of Jesus that indeed we will develop a burden, a passion, a longing, oh God, for this field. We will go out there and minister to those who are in need. That when we meet our brothers and sisters, oh God, who are yet to come to truth. Help us not to condemn them, but help us with the strategy of your spirit to know how to reach them, to bring them, Lord, yes, closer to our house and show them the way of the Lord more perfect. We thank you, Lord. Help us to see the field within the synagogue. Help us to reach that field to the glory of your holy name. I thank you, Father, this morning, that even as those who go to church go, they will see that going to church could be a field that needs to be rich. I bless your name. I give you all the glory. May your name, O oh God, continue to be hallowed in our lives and through our life. May your kingdom, Lord, continue to expand, O oh God, through the preaching, yes, of the gospel. We thank you. We bless you. Christ, be magnified in us and through us. Be elevated in everything that we stand for and represent. We thank you, Lord, that your love will overwhelm our hearts. We will continue to love you, O oh God. We will continue to love you. Give us the passion to love you. Because when we love you, we will love your field. We will love, yes, your vineyard. Your word declares that, yes, the vine owner went early in the morning, yes, to look for hirelings. Lord, we proclaim in the name of Jesus that as you are looking for hirelings that will walk in your vineyard, we declare that we are sons born in the house, oh God. We take this work serious, oh God. Help us to be awakened to the reality, oh God, yes, of salvation, of redemption, of renewal, of reformation, of restoration. In the name of Jesus, we declare that this work, yes, is a house, is a work of, is a work of your heart. There's a walk of the heart of those who are born in the house. We thank you, Spirit of God, that we will be, re we will be respons responsive to this truth. We will respond, oh God. We will not allow islands to take our, our place in Jesus' name. But we also thank you for those that you're calling, yes, to assist. Help us to walk together with them. Help us to walk together with them, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We bless you. We give you all glory for all the things that you've done this morning. Once again, thank you, Lord, that this truth will continue to speak to us and even to other, other brethren, oh God, on the field. Those who are weak on the field, strengthen their hands, empower them this morning. We bless you. We honor you. We glorify you that indeed you are invading the churches. Your name, your glory, your fame, your splendor, yes, has been revealed to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so very much, everyone, this morning for being part of this live broadcast. I believe once again this morning that the Spirit of the Lord has really ministered to us in such a profound way. 
May his will and counsel continue, amen, to prosper in our hands. God bless you. Have yourself a wonderful Sunday. We'll see you hopefully by God's grace tomorrow or maybe later tonight in the evening. God bless you.